0: conversation with H second part of this conversation with power ladies which is now what I'm calling them (laughs) first I'm gonna go straight in my friend Latoya said that God didn't create women just to be wives and if you agree why does it feel like there's an emphasis in church on women to get married and have kids rather than fulfill God's calling especially when it requires going into leadership Misogyny. Don't just unmute them, mute! Don't just unmute
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have layers of answers to this question and I'm trying to figure out how provocative do I actually want to be? It's up to in you, my- of this issue. it's up to you. Part of me wants to say that it is in the interest of the men who run churches to create a competitive atmosphere among women mm. for their attention. Mm. So rather than encouraging women to go after God in their calling, it works out very well for men to create a culture where women are competing for the few men that are in church. Mm. Because I, as I've seen in church, and maybe some of you can testify, men can have their pick, mm. be having two, three, four women at a time, and that's seen as the norm. Mm. With no intention, no respect, not treating these women as sisters in Christ, as the scriptures tell them to do, and this is just perceived as the norm mm. on their way to finding a wife and we're supposed to just tolerate this kind of foolishness. Mm. She said
0: mm. <laughs> Celine needs to stop drinking that drink you know because she keeps she keeps <laughs> she, she keeps humming and
2: hmm. <laughs> 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 Ultra plays a huge role into it as well. I think okay. Culture and tradition based on not even like just scripture anyway, anyone that's still living under women should preach, you haven't read the text properly, we'll have another conversation another day. But I think it's culture and tradition, away from the us Christian ethos. It's like I can only speak for myself. See, I'm not West Indian. There's much stuff in my accent bangs, in it, guys. Wow. Anyway. Sometimes <laughs> um, sometimes. J- Jamaicans want to be read today. Jamaicans?
3: Jamaicans? <laughs> <laughs>
2: All Caribbean is like Ghanaians. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Uh, um, I forgot a point now. But yeah, oh yeah, Ghanaian. It's like, in my culture, men are kind of adored. So like even as a little girl, if my dad was coming home from work, I would have to like run to the door and go and get his briefcase and then bring water for him to wash his hands and then go and bring his dinner so he can eat it. When he's finished eating it, I take the plate and then bring the bowl of water so he can wash his hands. Then I have to go back and get the tissue so he can wipe his mouth. And that's how I grew up as a child. But yeah. I saw that tradition, that culture overlap into church, into my Christian context of going to a predominantly West African kind of church growing up. Um, so I think that culture and tradition and the way that women have been looked at throughout history, history and so forth obviously shout out Syl- sylvia pankhurst we also want to shout out our black sisters as well so yeah santoir fought for the Freedom of Ghana, colonization. Black, sorry. If you don't know who she is, I don't know where you've been. So yeah, so there's other women have st- stood up in history and so forth, but they're not promoted because we live in like a patriarchal world. A lot of misogyny. Women are just good for cooking, looking after the man. You know, it's behind every great man is a is a great woman. Why can't I be on the side of you, or why can't I be in front of you? Like why have I got to be behind? Do you understand what I'm saying? But it was all that kind of language in society and cultures that have kind of warped the limitations of what women can do or can achieve but 2020 we're coming for them so it's calm
3: yeah i definitely agree with that um i think it is a cultural thing um my brother the other day said to me well you're a girl so you should do all the cleaning what and this is the mindset that a lot of people still have i think for me and i guess this is probably where my 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 passion for injustice comes from because I'm the only girl, I'm the middle child, so I was constantly always fighting, why do I have to do this? I shouldn't have to do this, just because I'm the girl. And always from a very young age. Um and you definitely see it in church. But I think in my church I'm and I'm probably quite privileged because my bishops always pushing me into leadership and telling me that I should do this and I should do that. But there's there's that glass ceiling that within church you you can't go past. So you can't be this and you can't be that. You, you can get your license, but you can't be a bishop because within within the church, the bishop has to be a male and stuff like that. So that always makes me feel like, I don't know, like you're telling me to go for it, but then you're telling me that there's limits or how far I can go or what I can do and stuff like that. And I, I feel like naturally when I've had conversations with leaders who are men, they they speak to you as a woman very differently or have a view That you should do this or you shouldn't do that Mm. and stuff, which for me is really, really hard. And I didn't grow up in church. So seeing that in church and knowing Christ, it's just like, this doesn't make sense to me. And it's something that I've always battled with like, you can't can't treat me like that because I'm a woman or because I'm female or because in your mind, women are less or women should just get married or should just look after the kids and stuff like that. What about if I don't want to have kids? What about if I don't want to get married? Um, and these are the conversations that we don't have. I feel like as I'm getting older, it's always like, oh, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to get married? Well, how do you know I can get, how do you know that I can have kids? And, and these are the things that I always try and come back with because sometimes it can be very insensitive that you put people, females in a box that this is what you should do. But what about men and what are they doing and what standard are they upholding that you're always saying that this is the standard as, that I should live to as a female?
4: So I've told this story several times because it still triggers me to this day. So when I was appointed in, two, oh god, I'm not good at maths. 2000. And, what what year were we in? 20.
0: Three,
4: three years ago. Right. Um, when I was appointed, that's basic maths, you know. Three years ago, um, I was uh, appointed as a national youth director for my church called Great. Um, went on to you know Bethel in Birmingham. That was a massive stage. So as the recording, all the appointees, everyone had to go up onto the stage with their partners. And um, so I was called. So me and Jesus <laughs> rolled up on the stage. Um, and I, I felt fine. I wasn't, I felt no way about it because I know I'm called. So I was just like, great. My young people were cheering. It's, for me, it was like oh, they can see me just moving in, in purpose. Got on the stage. And as I was stood there, um, a pastor's wife said to me, Oh, maybe next time you'd be up here with your husband. When I tell... From being in a place of confidence and purpose within seconds, it was shattered. Seconds, you know. the craziest
0: thing about that, sorry to stop you, I know. No, it's cool. Is that that was another woman talking to you.
4: Right. It wasn't a man, it was a woman. And... At the time, I, I wasn't as confident because I was so new to the role and I didn't know you know, what happens in leadership um, and how you can be treated. So I was kind of like, whoa. In that moment, um, I remember they called us down to go through a line of like prayer. And my dad had just been appointed um, pastor or whatever. And I remember grabbing onto my dad so tightly because for that moment, I felt like I wasn't good enough because I wasn't a wife. Mm. And prior to that moment, that hadn't happened and so since then I think I've just made it a thing to not because I don't want to get married but Christ called me I was born by myself and he called me when he spoke to me it was me by myself and regardless of whether I ever get married or I've said it before I know I'm valuable I know that I have a purpose I know that God is pleased with me whilst I'm by myself. If I ever get married, amazing. The two of us will push to continue to be in purpose and I will not marry someone who doesn't push me to be what God wants me to be, not what they think I should be or what my church says I should be, or who God expects me to be. I'm not just going to be a wife. I'm still going to be doing ministry and I'm going to be supporting my husband as he supports me. And if I don't find someone like that, then yes, I'll stay single and happy
1: and fabulous. Amen. (laughs) I think that's such an amazing story, Leanne. And I think I had similar experiences. I remember when I was starting my PhD and somebody said to me, well, don't you want to get married? And I was like, what is it in your brain that makes those things mutually exclusive? And the thing is that people say these things and they're projecting their own insecurities when it comes out of women's mouths. They're projecting their own insecurities and they're, they're, they're betraying their own self hatred. Because you're basically indicating intelligent women don't get married. Women who are leaders don't get married. Women who like have their own thoughts don't get married. That's what you're, in, what you're suggesting when you question whether or not I could have a PhD and also have a husband. I was just, and I just looked at her like, did you realise what you just said? It's totally bizarre. But I'm, I'm lucky that I've grown up with women leaders who were single around me as well as married women. But I think I look for those examples of single women who are just going for it because I think they're the most incredible people on the planet and I aspire to be like them. And like Leanne, like I'm not somebody who's desperate to get married. It will be nice, but if I don't get married, my life's still gonna be amazing. And I'm just living my best life right now. And if I meet a guy who, as Leanne said, supports me as I support him and is not using me as a crotch to, to lift himself up a little bit higher, then we'll see how it goes. But, like, those men, I, I don't want to say they're few and far between, but I think, unfortunately, in church spaces, because of lo- a lot of men have been sipping on this Kool-Aid of male headship and misogyny, it's really difficult to find men who don't think that you're there purely for their own entertainment, or who think that if you're, like, doing too much, that it's a threat to them, rather than thinking of it as synergy and something creative and powerful, they see it as a threat. I'm not even going to be here trying to pretend to be less than I am, so... <laughs> and if I'm your wife, and I'm doing great things for God, surely that's a reflection
4: of you being amazing too. Because when we get married, we're one. So when I'm winning, you're winning. Because <laughs> everyone's like, look at his wife. <laughs> we're not against each other. We are one, so we are together. When I am great, it shows that you're an amazing husband,
1: like, support me I, am, as I am great. Exactly, exactly.
0: So what would you say is the hardest thing being a woman in leadership? I love it. What's the hardest thing though? What's the what's the what's the biggest obstacle?
4: For me, I think it's I don't see enough older women who like for example, I had to find a mentor outside of my own church because I wasn't seeing enough of a representation this is probably going to get me in trouble of the kind of woman I want to be. Mm. And that's me being honest, like just because you're in my denomination, that doesn't mean I want you to coach me in how to navigate life and ministry. Because actually when I look around, I'm like, okay, so you're his wife. You're his wife. You're his wife. You're his daughter. I just want something a bit more than that. So for me, it's seeing enough representation that shows other young girls that, yeah, I can be a minister. I can be leadership and be taken seriously because I'm called by God. So that's,
1: that's probably one of my biggest challenges. I think that's probably true. Most of my, the best mentors I've had have been men anyway. And I think that's because of what Leanne's saying. And like women, especially in a church space, a woman who's married to a man who's the leader mentors you to be the wife of a leader. She doesn't mentor you to be the leader. Wow. So if you want to be mentored by a leader, you have to find men because women are often just the wife of a leader. And they they maybe can do things in their own space. But if you're talking about, like, taking primary responsibility for things, in a lot of Christian spaces, women don't do that. So actually, my best mentors have been men. And I'm a strong believer in that because I want to break down the lie that you can't have healthy relationships between men and women in Christian spaces that don't have to be sex. Like, I just, I think we've got this weird obsession with sex that thinks that if you have coffee with a man or dinner with a man, it's going to lead to sex. It doesn't actually have to do that. You could both actually just respect each other as human beings. You could look up to him as a mentor, as an uncle in the faith, as a cousin, as a friend. He can see you as a younger, a friend, a cousin, whatever he wants to see you as, where you can both enjoy friendship together as male and female when sex has nothing to do with it. And I, I really want us to get used to having that kind of ethic in our Christian spaces because when you have a situation where only women can be mentored by women, it undermines our development. Mm. because we haven't had enough generations yet of primary leaders who are women. And I think that holding to that kind of rugged, like, like, strictness undermines our leadership. I've to be sensible. My radar is on 100 at all times. My intuition does not lie to me. If I meet a man and I can I can detect a bit of iffiness, a, far, a long way off, we won't be having mentoring coffees. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? <laughs> The Holy Spirit will whisper in my ear and tell me not this month, Selena, and I won't see you again. Mm. But there are amazing nailman people and like men out there who will mentor you as a young woman with appropriate boundaries in a safe way and you don't have to worry about like weirdness. And also we're not trying to get everyone's husband either. So some of these or these ridiculous They for them at the back, please? <laughs> Say that again. They for them at the back. Please, because somebody didn't hear that. We're not out here trying to steal people's husbands.
0: Conversation with H finished, just like that. Thanks to Selena. Anyway, Tia, if you want to just jump in on, because Selena's just drink, drinking this water and it's just not helping. It's just not helping. It's not calling her down. Nothing. Nothing. It's, it's adding. It's adding to her.
1: I think it's not a good one for me, because I lose my senses. It's like, I'll just say anything.
0: Oh, gosh. Oh.
1: How want to behave now I think for me It is
3: Constantly having to fight But also Not compromising who I am mm. And who I stand for As a female in that position um, And when I say Constantly having to fight um, As I mentioned, I'm the only girl I've got five brothers I grew up with two of them So I'm always constantly having to Fight for, for justice, essentially, in, in, in that aspect of being a female. So I think it's also, yeah, it's that it's a challenge to constantly have to keep reminding people of what it should be, um, constantly. Rem- and then even just the hierarchy of church and stuff like that and what you can do, and what you can't do. Um, yeah, it's it's, for me, it's that battle, that battle of, oh this again oh the reason why you reacted that way to me was because I'm a female and and knowing that if it was a man in that situation that it wouldn't have been the same thing as well um, and not allowing that to affect me I would say is probably the, the biggest battle of dealing with these situations and not allowing it to shape who I see myself and where I'm going and or where God has called me to go.
0: Okay. Um.
2: I think mine, I've been labelled rebellious everywhere I've ever been, in all the churches. Jobs. Rebellious? You? Yeah, me, you know, a whole me, can you imagine? God, I'm constantly labelled by men and women as rebellious. And I think it's because, as women, we're meant to just nod and say yes, or challenge in a very kind of courteous, gentle kind of way. Um, So those of you that have ever been challenged by me, obviously no one on this um, Zoom right now has been challenged by me before, because I'm not challenging, Um, I went, wow, God forgive them all or let them repent. (laughs) I like to challenge things. I like to get to the root of why do you think like that? How did you come to that conclusion? If I don't agree with you, I'm going to tell you in the most kindest way, I don't agree with you and tell you why I don't agree with you. And when I've been in spaces where there's male church leadership and you've got me who looks like I'm 17 years old, number one, two, I'm a woman who then says, I don't agree with that. It's almost like some men, their their whole body just collapses and they look at me like, who are you? to say that you don't agree, as though my voice doesn't count because I'm a woman and I look young and I'm meant to come in some courteous, rounded kind of way. But when the bishops and the men of God are speaking and they're cussing each other and stuff like that and say, no, I don't agree with that, or whatever, it's okay. But once I speak, it's such an issue. I remember this time I was in America. Please, if this pastor's watching, I still love you, but everyone's got a expose point. And I remember um, we were talking in the back and someone said, oh... Um, Someone laid hands on someone and they fell out. So the other bishop said to him, um, oh, was that a real fallout or do you just was it a courtesy fall? If you don't know what a courtesy fall is, we'll teach you another time. So he said, oh, it was a courtesy fall, yeah? And then they were all like, oh, I knew it, you, N-I-G-G-A, and they were calling each other. And I thought, as men of God. I really don't feel comfortable with you using that word. So I challenged it. I was like, but how do you not feel so comfortable using that word as men of God, as Christians, whatever? And it was as though everyone looked at me like, you are a woman, shut up. These are men speaking. You shouldn't have a voice. And I just don't understand why there should be a hierarchy in any form of conversation, why women can't challenge things, why women can't help to strategically plan things to move forward, why women are always called to help it was good for us to be head of ushers and head of anything like cleaning team. We can be head of singing team.
0: Head of but ushers. If... Huh? Head of ushers.
2: Yeah, <laughs> women are always head of ushers. I've yet to go to a church. Where I've seen a man that's the head of ushers. I've not seen any. Like, if it's your church, God bless you. But I have not seen that uh... in my Church. It's all the helps ministries, At like the head of the cooking team is a woman. So long as it's a help department, it's a woman. If it's like a strategic planning, like, okay, we need the, the operations managers and all of that. It's never, they, the church never calls the women to the forefront unless it's to help and support those that are making the decisions to have food in their meetings. So I think that there's a whole paradigm shift that needs to take place. I think men need to see women as equal. The only difference is our genitalia. And I won't name what our genitalia is, because I know that Hayden will chop me off the thing. But um, yeah, it's our genitalia, but our <laughs> blood is the same. We all have the same chromosome. It's the same sperm that needs to the hit the egg. There's just no difference apart from our genitalia. And I'll say genitalia one more time, because church people need to teach about genitalia, because I work in sexual ethics, and we need to be comfortable talking about genitalia.
0: Cool, 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 cool. All right, all right. Do you feel peer pressure when you see like your peers kind of getting that? getting married, having kids, and you're doing your thing. Honestly, do you feel some, any type of peer pressure? And how do you deal with that?
1: I think I'm too old for it now.
0: Okay.
1: I'm 32 years old now. And my cut-off date for getting married and having my first kid was 30. So when I got to my 30th birthday, it never happened. I felt like this weight just like <laughs> lifted off my body. And I went into my 20s. I went to weddings and felt like, man, when is my, am I gonna get married? Am I gonna meet someone? Mm. And then I felt completely fine. And I'd go to another wedding or wedding season and I'd think, oh my gosh, man, like, is it gonna happen for me? When's it gonna happen? And then I suddenly realized that married people didn't look that happy all the time. <laughs> and then I realized, like, actually, there's no one's life who I'd trade for mine. Like, mm. I know my life and I like my life. There's no married woman I know who I think I'd love to swap lives with you. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't realize that actually that change of marital status is just one element of your life, the rest of it's still the same. Your sense of contentment and joy is still the same, your job is still the same, your mental health is still the same, your well-being is still the same. It's only now that you're gonna bring all of who you are to be all of who with who all of they are, and that's and that's the change. And I think sometimes there's a kind of attachment that's made, that kind of being married is going to do this to you, or make your life improved in these kinds of ways. And of course, there's things that change. But I just, I don't feel that sense of I need to do this to make me feel happy because my life is amazing. So I don't, I don't feel the pressure now mm. that I felt when I was when I was younger, which is not the way around that I thought it would go. I thought I'd feel worse now.
0: You thought you feel more pressure now because you're, but I yeah. feel now. okay.
3: I think for me, I don't feel the pressure. I definitely feel like the questions is that's more now that I'm getting older. My mum's telling me that she wants to have grandchildren and all of this stuff. Um, But I think for me, I'm a practical person in terms of when I get married, that means I've got to do all of these things as well. If I have a child, I've got to be there for that child for the rest of their life. And I think I always think about, can I actually do this? Like it's one thing people telling me, Oh, you should get married, you should have a child, but are you gonna be there after the wedding and bills are gotta be paid and decisions are gotta be made or children have got to be had or deliveries gotta be are you actually gonna be there? So I think for me, as much as people are more talking about it, I know where I am and I know where I want to be and how I want certain things to be in my life so i don't feel the pressure in terms of all oh, my days i need to find someone i need to get married and i need to have kids um i probably feel the pressure of different things that i want to achieve in my life but i think for me i know being a a female and doing the things that i'm doing can be very intimidating for some people um so i guess it's also is there anyone out there that i actually see myself doing life with as well because when we talk about marriage, you're talking about forever. I don't believe in divorce, so we're doing this to the end. Um, and I think that probably means more to me to find the person that I can do life with than to focus on getting married and having kids. For me, that's the initial thing.
0: Mm, Cause you don't want to settle like some people have. No. Um, next,
2: Hayden,
1: that felt like a yeah
0: yeah I was like who you mean <laughs> like, no because no, as I said I am not going to talk too much but some people settle male and female have the status of marriage or the status of I have this husband I have this wife but then you look into or you, you see how their marriage kind of plays out and both of them weren't happy at the start because they jumped into something because they were pressured by either the church pressured by their parents, pressured by their grandparents, uncles and aunties, whoever it was, pressured them into doing something which they wasn't ready for, nor was it the right person, nor was it the right time. So people tend to settle, some people have settled to hold the status of marriage, but also some people have settled just to have sex, just so they can have sex, and it's not seen as a sin. So they'll settle with someone and be like, "I'm gonna settle with you because you adore me." This is me speaking from a sometimes a male to female, but sometimes males adore females, and females are just like, "You know what? You're here. We'll, we'll go with you. You're cool." And it's just to have sex. It's just to have kids. It's just to make sure that you know we're under the we're under what 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 we what we the vows under the covenant and all these kind of things. It's just like really, why are we? why do you why do you see yourself as less in a marriage but then what 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 god is calling you what christ is calling you to be is something totally different so why are you settling in one aspect of life when god is asking for your whole life to be a certain level so that's what i'm talking about in terms of settling
4: leanne um, do i feel peer pressure uh not really because my peers are lit and they will support me whether i'm single married engaged available like regardless of where I'm at in life I have that support consistently um do I have moments where I'm like oh, I'd love to be married yes um I do and I share those I have a safe circle that I can say this is how I feel or this is who I'm thinking about this is what I'm seeing or whatever the case may be and I get good counsel um that helps me to decide whether that's something I should go for or not so there's a little bit it's not a pressure it's just a desire that I have which I think is absolutely fine but I don't feel pressure no because some of my married friends will say, Lee, I'm living my life through you because I've got three kids and a husband and bills. And, you know, you get to travel, you get to do ministry, you get to do X, Y, Z. So I feel like within my friendship, we have quite a good balance of the married people say, yeah, marriage is great, but it also has its downs. It has its lows and I can't walk out that house and leave Tommy in the house. Like We've got to work this through because we're we're one. So, yeah, I don't really feel, not negative peer pressure um, at all, at all
2: um oh, oh um i think i started preaching very young so I, I started preaching around 17 and it was that pressure of you can't be a preacher and not be married sort of thing and so people used to constantly try to introduce me to people and stuff um, obviously it didn't work out obviously you know i mean but <laughs> um <laughs> um marriage stopped being a goal for me um once I stopped living in other people's desires for my life and I started to live in my own desire for my own life. And the reason why marriage stopped being a goal for me was because I really enjoy my freedom. And just to echo what Tia says, like. Waking up, I don't know if, if it's your testimony, Hayden, or whatever. I <laughs> many people have to wake up really early in the morning or weekends to do washing? And de- I can just do my washing in my time. Do, do you get know what I mean? Like, if I want to sleep until 12, I sleep until 12. If I don't want to cook, I just want to cook something small, a small pot for myself, I cook a small pot for myself. My money is my money. I get to spend it how I like. No one don't come ask me, oh, don't you think we need a new wardrobe? I'm fine with my wardrobe. I, I'm <laughs> so I think I've always kind of had that, I don't know if some people say selfish, I say independent way of thinking. Mm. Um, Seeing other people get married for me, a lot of my friends end up getting divorced as well, very young, because I'm in my mid-30s. So a lot of people got married very young and they didn't make it into their 30s being married. So because I got to see beyond the dress and the cake and all of that, how messy it is behind the scenes. I thought that's marriage, No, I I really don't want it. And I think one thing that I learned from them was that if you don't know who you are, and I'm not talking about your purpose your destiny or that, I'm just talking about just knowing your likes, your dislikes, knowing your moods, knowing how to get yourself out of a bad mood, then you can't provide a manual to somebody else to work out who you are, if that makes sense. So even now being in a relationship, like I know some girls might find this cringe, but sometimes I say to him, listen, If I'm upset, this is what you need to do. You need to come over, you need to hug me, you need to say these three words, then you need to rub my head and we're good because I know myself now. Whereas if he had met me at 21, come see Esther, I'd have been like, yes, you don't respect me, yeah? "Yeah, Two days later, yeah, you better, I would have just kept it going, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'd have all these emotions I don't understand how to navigate these emotions, and mm. so I'm punishing someone else because I can't navigate myself. Do you get know what I mean? But now I'm in a more mature state. I literally can give someone else a manual as to how to navigate me because I know how to navigate myself. So for me personally, similar to what everyone said, especially Selena, especially when you hit the thirty pounds, welcome Leanne, welcome to the 30 club. It's the best club you ever been. And um, once you hit the thirty Tony. Totally he goes up up, up. Totally you're like, what will we do? It? Do you know what I mean? Um, like hitting 30 camp, I just I just don't care, you know. I really don't care. And most people that are married in the church, I'm sorry, and if it's not your testimony, please comment below. But if this is your really, testimony, we're for you, were fasting for you, we're praying for your deliverance. But most Christian marriages are miserable. Come on, like you can't even hold hands in the church, they don't kiss each other, they don't pinch each other's bums. Pass Pastor's wife looks like she's got constipation, very serious. Pastor looks like I don't know if I in his own shirt. Like everything's just so miserable that <laughs> like, They need to go and see Tia for counseling. Do you get what I mean? Like all PK kids have issues. It's just a lot. So I think just with the example of what church has paid to me for marriage. It's not really made me think that's what I want. If I'm not, gonna, if, I, if I can be even more honest, I even got to a point where I was like, God, I might have to marry an unsaved man. That's what Ooh. I used to think. I might have to. Marry.
1: I've been there still. I've been
2: there. Thank you. Like I actually thought maybe an unsaved man would be better because at least we can enjoy life and go roller coaster. We can just leave. We can go and party one night and just do you know what I mean. So yeah, that's just me being honest.
0: Oi! So would you say, why? So would you say, in terms of when you had those kind of thoughts about married or unsaved man, was it kind of like the shackles would be off with him compared to if I married a Christian man, it's going to be a little bit dry?
1: You know what? I have to echo a little bit of what Esther said, you know, about I feel like in our church spaces, we haven't seen couples formed out of mutual like for one another. Mm. I think it's a generational thing. Well, I feel like in our parents' generation, it was like, we go same church, you're saying, I'm saying, let's do this.
0: You're single, you know, I'm be, single.
1: Maybe we to a quiet together. That's about all we need to have in common.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, because they're 21, 22, they're not, they haven't lived, they haven't done it, they haven't known themselves. When you're like this age, you know yourself, you know the kind of that you get on with well, you're looking for more than just, can you quote this Bible verse and what did you do in devotion this morning? You're looking for, like, have you lived abroad? Because I've lived abroad. Have you travelled? You know, what are your interests? You know, what is it that you've experienced in life? You know, you, you must can cook because you're a grown man. So that kind of question isn't even a question now. You know, you've been eating for the last 30-odd years, so you must be able to cook. You must be able to wash clothes. Like, the, the kind of, the things are very, very different. And I think we're looking for a kind of compatibility that's more of that like that soulmate kind of connection. It's not just like, oh, we're kinda of both single and then we're in the same church. And I think it, it kinda of bars being raised now for like what we're willing to say, I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life. Cause the rest of your life is a long time, you know. Mm. Like even if I got married like this year, that's a good like fifty odd years, God willing. Mm. Of the same place every day. It's a lot, you know. And thirty-two is late. For be able to get married, imagine.
0: <laughs> Late, you know. How important is it then for you as the individual to make sure that you're, as Esther said, know yourself before even entertaining, not even talking about marriage, even entertaining the opposite sex in terms of in that kind of relationship.
4: I think it's very important. Says the single one, but um, what, <laughs> what Esther said. I feel like honestly, what Esther said, but. It, that's my sis, like, everything she says is just 10, yeah. But in terms of just knowing, knowing what you like, like, if, like, when I was a bit younger and had a boyfriend, um, I didn't know about love languages. That wasn't something that people spoke about. So, for example, he would always buy me expensive stuff. And in my head, I'm thinking, are you all right? All I wanted was a hug. All I wanted was for you to be here so we can talk and have tea and jaffa cakes. That's all I wanted you to do. What, you bought me an iPad? Whereas now, at 30, I'll be able to tell you, listen, don't waste your money on those things. It's better, you go and buy the Jaffa cakes and the tea bags and the milk, and we sit down and have an hour together later on on Thursday. Like, I just know what works. I Why am I gonna make it harder for you to make me happy? Mm. That don't make sense. I want the kind of relationship in time where people look and think, raw boy, they pray together, but they're ramped together. They're in the park having water fights, but then they go home and cook together. They go cinema together. They're meeting up with that one and that one to have double dates. I want to, what, I'm not going to have a rubbish life. Okay, what's the point in me leaving my good, good life to then partner with someone who, and it's not just about having fun, but the balance of, you know, yes, we go hard and we pray together and we do all of that. But also we go shopping together. We spend time with our families. We have the, the kids over when we play and there just needs to be balance. And because I know what works for me, what I like, what I really don't like, it's just an, I feel like it's an easier process in terms of being able to assess. Is that something you can manage? Because I'm very emotional. If you don't like people that cry, it's ain't going to work because I'm going to cry every week and that's going to bother you. And if that bothers you, cool, it's probably not going to work. Whereas when I was a lot younger, I didn't have that confidence in just being able to say this is who I am. And if you don't, how many billion people are in the world? You're telling me there's not one for me that will put up with me crying and X, Y, and Z. Get out of here, man. And I used to believe that, you know, if I don't find them by 25, it's not going to happen for me. Mm -hmm. That's a lie, man. Like, it's so much better at this age because I know what works. So I think it's very important, very important. Tia? I would also agree. I think it's it's extremely important. And I think...
3: um, Since being on my counselling course, I've learned so much about myself and who I am and why I do things and why I think the way I do. So if I was to get, would have got married younger, I'd be a completely different person. Um, But just as Leanne said, it's it's really important for you to know who you are and what you stand for and what you're not going to allow and all of that. So when you meet that person, you know, you know what's important in terms of, what you can handle as well like i know that there's certain types of people that it just wouldn't work because i know me um and i i know me at my worst i know me at my best i know me when i'm all right do you know what i mean so people might see like one version of you and be like oh this person will be great for you but me knowing me i'm like just wouldn't work I I know that I get really irritable. So I know the type of people who I can have around me and who I can't have around me as well. Um, So I think it's really important just, not even just focusing on marriage, but just interacting with people and going about in life that you really know yourself. Um, Yeah, so I think it's extremely
0: important. So... What encouragement or advice would you give to someone who's having a similar kind of battles in their head of I want to pursue God? I want to do what God's calling me to do, and I want to do all these things X, Y, and Z, but I'm feeling pressure to get married, I'm feeling pressure to have kids, I'm feeling all these different types of things. And it's all ages, it's not just 20s, it's not just 30s, it's 40s, it's 50s. People thinking this is my last shot, X, Y, and Z. So what advice? I want individual answers. What advice would you give to? To those people, best just took a sip of drink. All right, praise God. Um, <laughs>
1: I think it's a difficult one because they're all different stages. Yeah, like I, I, I a woman who's fifty ain't going to listen to me telling her what to think about this because she's twenty years ahead of me.
0: Pause that. You say that, however your encouragement and advice could spark something in them which makes them think, oh, you know what, let's do this. Granted, we're at two separate, okay. two, sep- two, sep- two separate spectrums of our journey. However, you could say something called encouragement and think, this is where I'm at, even though we don't match up in age or where we are in life, I can still take the encouragement that Selena gave me because that's going to help me in X, Y, and Z. So don't limit yourself to thinking... Because I'm this age, I can't encourage person X.
1: I think I would just say that anything can happen at any time, first of all. So, like, I don't feel like God's looking with a timeline being like, this is the deadline. We create those things. And I don't feel like God's working to that schedule. So anything can happen at any time regarding this. But I'd also say the best thing I did was come to terms with the fact that I might never get married and accept that, embrace that, Mm. accept that and come to terms with it and decide what is Selena's life going to be now instead of living in the shadow of but when I get married then all that foolishness I just stopped it I wanted to go to Rome and Venice so I went I wasn't saving that for a vacation I decided I want to go to Venice and I want to go on a solo trip to Venice And I made friends in Venice. I went to Rome, I did the same thing. I start saving things for when I get married then. And I started to just live my life as I would live it if this was gonna be me forever. And I think that's when I started to enjoy the fullness of my life. So I would say to anybody to take that approach.
2: The desire to be married isn't a bad thing at all. And it's a beautiful desire. However, this is what I say to some of my single friends is just check your motive. Like, what is it about marriage? as to why you wanna get in there. Because number one, if marriage is an idol for you, like it's the epitome of you finding significance, that's a dangerous thing to put Mm. on marriage because marriage won't give you significance. It will just give you another person who's also trying to find their way in life. And now you have to take on their load, good and bad. Two, it doesn't determine whether you're lovable, and I think that's a big pressure women put on themselves, like, oh, they're, they're married because they're lovable, I'm not lovable, no one wants to love me, which is a life from the pit of hell, because you are lovable, and minus the husband, there are other people in your life who love you. God created us to be in community, to be in relationship, and I think sometimes that marriage preach can take away from those that those people that absolutely love you and will do anything for you, and we put it into a man. And let me tell you this, as a woman that has a man, just, he is not Superman. He's not going to save you. He's not rescuing you from a castle. He's not coming on a Trojan horse, take your insecurities away and give you security. It doesn't work like that. Your insecurities are even more magnified in a relationship. Your ugly side comes out. It manifests. You're like, I thought that went in the baptism pool. And certain cuss words are coming out of your mouth. And you're like, wow, so that's still in there. Because that person will really test you, like make your flesh rise. So whilst you're in this time, enjoy, like absolutely enjoy life. Build community outside of your need for love and marriage and stuff and even me, yes I have a man but I also have a community beyond my man, my man is not my community and I think that's also another toxic message, like it's just you and this husband you're building just this, this kind of de- dependency, this code, this unhealthy codependency on each other which I think is really dangerous and I have to ask where is Christ in the midst of all of that Um, and also like for the sisters that only go to church and don't do nothing else, no wonder you're not married because you need to get a life. And I'm, and I'm saying of all due respect, I've seen a lot of women that I think are beautiful, like stunning. And they're a lot older than their 50s and their 60s. And all they do is church. They only go church conference. They only go women's ministry. They only go Bible study, where it's predominantly other women. So I would encourage them to build a social life, get out there. I would encourage online dating as well. I know it sounds crazy, but I would encourage it because and they're going to build relationships with other people. Um, and I think last but not least is know who you are. Because after you said I do and life and all of that, that's all you're left with. After everything that's happened, babies, this, that, and the other, all the other labels, you knowing who you are is what's going to anchor you in Christ. That's what's going to get you through all the hard times, the good times, the celebratory times. So I think that marriage is great, but it's not the end of the world. And you've got purpose, you've got destiny, you've got worlds to travel, you've got jobs that you haven't had yet, you've got money, secure the bag that you haven't secured yet. Just like live your life. Like, yeah, just power to the people, man. Yeah, Wakanda for life. (laughs)
4: You know, Esther's that friend that you're not allowed to sit next to in church because you just be laughing all the time. My advice would be that as much as we're saying, I'll live your best life, be single, be happy, but be honest. Like, if you want to be married, that's fine. You don't have to lie about it. Just that people, you know, accept how you're feeling. Be honest don't be um don't be team too much though don't every time i ask you how you are i just want to be married no no no, that's team too much i rule that in a little bit but be honest it's okay and be honest with god he knows what we need before we ask he knows the right time he knows you know everything ahead of time so trust that if he's going to give you good things and that's your desire in his time and if it's in his will, it will happen um but i do think also have your own goals, have your own set and just smash those goals. Like just have a focus because if you make the marriage thing, your like your priority and everything, you will find yourself so dissatisfied and so frustrated because you're not meeting that expectation when you expected, but actually there's always going to be a bigger plan for you. And if you're, if you've got that in mind, but you're still, you know, traveling, going out for dinner, whatever you like to do, sports, gym, All of that good stuff, whatever it is, do those things. Be happy by yourself because, as Esther said, the man isn't going to bring you the happiness, you know. The man isn't going to bring you the completeness. The man isn't going to, you know, work on those insecurities and the reason why you go through every man's phone. Look at yourself. Sort yourself out first so that when you meet the other person, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be easier. Use your time wisely and look after yourself. Comb your hair. if you've got one eyebrow you don't like it go to the eyebrow shop make yourself look presentable why men are, like driven by what they see and that's okay but also your intention we, we always say oh, we do things to look good for ourselves we do but also we want to look nice for a suit a suitor so look <laughs> after yourself a suitor look after yourself present yourself well as well as you can and just be you man just just keep your eye on the goal god knows what you want You don't have to lie about it. It's that people accept your perspective um, and just trust them. And just, yeah, that's all I would say, really, because that's what I'm doing. I say that because that's all I can do as well.
1: Um, So, yeah, I won't say anything to you that I wouldn't do myself. So can I add something, Hayden? Sorry to you. I wanted to say, yeah, therapy is amazing. Yeah, I started going to therapy. The best thing I ever did for myself. I, I was on a date once, yeah, and I got triggered and I decided I need to go therapy, yeah, and work through some stuff. <laughs> Best thing I ever did for myself, like, get that emotional baggage checked because you don't want to be dragging that around relationship to relationship and we all pick up stuff that we don't even know we've picked up
0: mm.
1: and then we react to people because of the person before. Listen, therapy saved my whole life. It's beautiful. Second thing I wanted to say was women are also driven by what we see, yeah. So good. Oh, thousand. Yeah, but it's true. But I think like there's a, and this is another myth I've heard in chat. Women are about the heart, men are about visuals. Listen, I'm not even gonna say that now. Just take care of your business. Great. Yeah, here's three words. Poor, dark, handsome. Dark, that dark-skinned brother, I guess, please.
0: Oh, no. Whoa, ha- whoa, the conversation's going left. Conversation <laughs> <laughs> conversation's going left, <laughs> left, <laughs> left, <laughs> left.
1: We don't know going to say this. Handle your business, please. Because we are women, <laughs> women out here getting their education, women out here getting their hair did, women out here in the gym.
0: Doing and they can't even hair. get a trim.
1: Listen, All Hayden, right, talk
0: then. to brothers, Hayden. Don't tell me talk to my brothers. They're my brothers. Right? Yes. They're my brothers in Christ, but they're my brothers like brothers. You get me? They're brothers, not brothers. You know what they want it. Um,
3: I think for me, it is pursue God. Mm. Um, I think it's understanding what your desires actually are. Not the ones that other people have projected onto you. Not the ones that you than fear but what are your desires what do you actually want out of life um and really just know yourself i think that that, as i said before it's so important of you just really knowing who you are where you've come from as selena said the baggage that you've got um the scars the trauma all of that stuff because it is going to be highlighted when you're presented with someone that triggers you that says something that that beats you in a certain type of way where situations so it's definitely about constantly knowing who you are and understanding that you're going to change but I think what's also important is to develop yourself and Mm. not hold back until you get married or you meet that person or whatever or stay in that thing of oh I really want to pursue God but I really want to get married and I don't know what to do so you just stop no don't stop still go forward still do the things that you want to do still be that amazing person and who is who's drawn to you will be drawn to you um and it's don't settle i think what i've got out today is definitely about not settling because you want to get married or because whatever it may be just really just know who you are and just be amazing
4: amen amen need- now i'm <laughs> going to collect the offering wild lady <laughs> this don't settle we need
2: one. This
0: one, don't, don't settle
2: don't settle and you know the theme song should know i don't want no
1: scrubs
4: that was said by bishop s you know just want everyone to know that okay okay
0: good imagine okay. putting no scrubs at the start people I'm, i might put it instrumental you know them one day <laughs> um, ladies power ladies thank you very much this hopefully no, I I know this is gonna do what God has intended it to do. Um open, honest, transparent conversation. Um I want to say thank you to Esther, thank you to Leanne, thank you to Selena, thank you to Tia. This has been Conversation with H, the panel, the final episode for this series. Um, so you won't see my face for a little while. But yeah, thank you guys again for tuning in. and yeah. Season two soon come.